0: Hello, hello, I want to welcome you to our last weekend of Family Worship Month. We're getting to have the kids with us in the service for one more week. We love that. If this is your uh, first time here, you might not know that that's what we're doing for the month of July. Next week, we'll be back with our uh, kids in their own Sunday school classes. This is a great time to come and visit Chapel Hill. We love having new people come through in the summer. So let me just take a minute to introduce myself. I'm uh, Megan, Pastor Megan. My husband, Larry and I are are both pastors here. We've been here for six years now, and, uh, and we, we've loved, we've claimed the Pacific Northwest as home. We're both kids of veterans, so we can kind of claim anywhere we want, and we've chosen here. Anybody else in that boat? Anybody else claim the Pacific Northwest? All right. Come on, guys. It's the summer in Washington. Claim it. Okay. Alright, we love being here. Uh, I am actually a part-time pastor, and I'm a full-time mom to a little two-year-old named Reed, so a lot of my life is home life these days. They told me that uh, Reed would be like my little shadow, that kids are your little shadows, they do everything that you do. Well, I'll tell you what. Reed doesn't spend like any time behind me, okay? I am chasing him all the time. Like the new phrase that's out all the time is, run, mommy, run! Like, yeah, again, here we go. Sometimes just in circles. So I'm more like his shadow than anything else, but it's a, it's a really fun season. So I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a, I'm a mom for this season, and I would describe myself as a follower of Jesus. I use that title really intentionally. I know that um, some of the generations before me use the word Christian, but that has uh, become a loaded term in our world. And so I really intentionally use the language, the, a follower of Jesus. And I hope that what that connects with you is, um, first of all, a curiosity about what it is to be a follower of Jesus, why that distinction. And I hope that it conjures up a, a imagination a little bit For like being in the shadow of Jesus, following him, wanting to be like him and follow him wherever he goes. The story that we have today is an invitation for all of us to become followers of Jesus to learn what it is to be in his shadow and to and to heed that invitation from God to follow him. Our story is actually connected interconnected with some of the other stories from life on the water that we've had this month. So I'm going to let this video tell our story for us.
1: Stories okay. of the Bible. Jesus calls Peter. This is Jesus who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Jesus grew up in Nazareth and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Jesus began teaching about God's love and healing people of their sickness. One day, John saw Jesus walking by and told the people around him that Jesus was the Lamb of God. One of the people standing with him was Andrew whose brother was Simon, who would later be known as Peter. Andrew went to find his brother and said, We have found the Christ!
2: Whoa! Ready? Come on!
1: Simon went with Andrew and met Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. I'm Simon. Jesus looked at Simon and said, Your name is Simon, son of John. Yes, it is. But you will be called Peter. On another day, Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and lots of people crowded around him to hear what he had to say. Oh, uh, uh, hello. Well, oh, okay. Jesus noticed two empty boats for Andrew and Peter had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus stepped into one of the boats hey, Peter. and asked Peter to take him out into the sea. Okay. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Peter, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Ah. But Peter said, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. They called to some other fishermen for help. Hey, help! And soon both boats were filled with fish. When Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Jesus replied to Peter, Don't be afraid. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people.
2: Really? Really.
1: And as soon as they landed, they left their nets and followed Jesus. So Simon Peter became one of Jesus's 12 disciples and followed his friend Jesus throughout his time on earth.
0: Those are not just for kids, are they? All right, the last bit of that video is our uh, story for today. And so let's read that together. It's in Matthew chapter four. You can grab a Bible from the pew in front of you and turn to page 809, okay? Page 809, it's Matthew chapter 4, and we're just going to read a couple verses. I'll give you guys a second to flip there. I love seeing people flip through Bibles. Favorite sound in the world. Okay, page 809, Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, that's Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on—oh, we're just going to end right there, actually. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. I want you to read verse 19 with me, because we're going to spend a lot of time in it, okay? So beginning with the words, follow me. Will you read that with me? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Would you pray with me? Jesus, it seems like such a simple invitation to follow you. And yet it's, you're asking us to give you our whole lives. And so would we respond to that invitation today? Would we sense the weight of it, the joy of it, the love in it, and respond to you? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen so you may or may not uh, realize just how important this one verse is to life and ministry at chapel hill we use this verse matthew 4 19 to define what it is to be a disciple what it looks like to follow jesus and we break that into three parts follow me and i will make you fishers of men follow me is the decision to go from going your way to going jesus's way I will make you is a transformation that Jesus does in us to prepare us to be fishers of men, to be on mission with him. I'm going to help you remember this by getting a little goofy with some hand motions. You guys ready for some Bible jazzercise this morning? Okay. I want you to do this with me. Would you, will you put your hands on your head for me? Okay. This is follow me. This is follow me. You can like, if you've got curls like this, you can fro from up. All right. Follow me. Okay. Thank you. Follow me is a head decision. It's a head decision to decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to believe who he says he is, and I'm going to decide to follow him. Put your hands on your heart like this. This is the I will make you. This is the the heart transformation that says, I recognize that there is change in me to make me more like Jesus. That's going to require some work, and the Lord's going to do that. And then put your hands out like this. Okay. Uh, fishers of men is the is the mission it's taking on the handwork of God it's getting busy on mission with him to proclaim the gospel so that people will know who he is okay so you got this together I think we'll do follow me f- repeat it with me follow me follow me and I will make you fishers of men okay we're done no just kidding okay <laughs> But you, you've got the message. Let's start, with, let's start with follow me, this head decision. I want to share with you some of my origin story. That's what Pastor Larry called it last week, that where your life with God began. I decided to follow Jesus when I was in fifth grade at summer camp. Who's been to summer camp already this summer? has been to summer camp? Yeah, see, all you guys need to sign up to go with the youth. That's right. Okay. How many of you would say that summer camp is part of your origin story? That being at summer camp is a significant part of your walk with God? Quite a bit of you, right? So it was for me, going, going to camp. That's where I made the decision to follow Jesus. It's surprise, That's a surprising thing about my story if you knew me, because I grew up going to church. I went to church every day of my life. My mom played piano. So I was there both services every service until I got the get out of jail free pass with confirmation okay so that that was my origin story I knew the church I knew I knew the bible stories and what was different was I knew that God loved me but in fifth grade at summer camp a a traveling itinerant preacher gave me the invitation to love God back to say to God I love you and I want to follow you And that's a decision that all of us need to make no matter how familiar we are with the church and how familiar we are with who God is for us. We need to decide that I'm going to follow Jesus. So would you put your hands back on your head again? Yeah, you're going to like this. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Is this a decision that you have made? Okay, thank you. Man, you guys, you're awesome. Uh, at this point, I want parents. Go ahead. You can let your kids have the have the white sailboats, okay? But I'm gonna. But listen to me for a second because I want to tell you what to draw on them. I know that some of us adults are feeling left out, so I, I did write a shorter pastoral letter in the bulletin. There's like half a page there. So if you want to engage your artistic brain, you are welcome to do so as well, okay? But kids, I want you to draw on the boats, and this is what I want you to draw. I want you to think about where you're going to be tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Where are you going to be Monday at 10 a.m.? Because here's the deal. When Jesus invited his disciples, they they were in the middle of something. They were interrupted. They were fishing. And so if you were Simon and Andrew, I would want you to draw on your boat fish. Because what I want you to think about is how could you follow Jesus even tomorrow at 10 a.m.? Because I really believe the invitation of Jesus to follow is with us all the time. So if you're going to be playing Legos, if you're going to be at Grandma's house, if you're going to be at the doctor's office, I want you to draw that. And then when you leave today, listen to me for just one more second, because I want to see your art for the rest of the month, okay? So kids, when you are uh, when you leave the service, if you go out to the big parking lot, there's a bulletin board right there. And Courtney's gonna help you. She's gonna staple your boat to the board because we want to remember for the next month that you are here with us. And we want that to be an offering before the Lord, that you are fishers and men, okay? So you're drawing what God, What you're doing tomorrow at 10 a.m. Awesome. J- when Jesus called his disciples, they were, they were interrupted in the middle of their everyday routine. They were fishing. And Jesus asked them to follow him. Come with me where I'm going. Uh, Come with me, do miracles. Come with me. uh, Let's go and heal people. And if if I were the disciples, I'm very surprised. This is not recorded in scripture. I've got a lot of questions before I leave what I'm doing. Okay, I get I get one trust minded. You can interrupt me, but I got a lot of questions. I'm going to want to know where we're going, how long we're going, who's going, who's going to take care of things while I'm gone, and. Am I capable of doing what you're calling me to? Because if I can't do it, I'm not going. I'll get somebody else to go for me. You know what I'm saying? But what's interesting is the disciples don't appear to ask any questions of, of Jesus. They immediately drop their nets and follow him. And I think that they're able to do that because of the very next promise that Jesus makes. He says, follow me. And then he says, I will make you. I will make you. I will form you. I'm going to take care of the next step. Follow me, and I will make you. I really love the message translation of the passage right here. It says, come follow me, and I will make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. Jesus is going to meet them where they are, and he's going to make them into a new kind of fisherman. I think I kind of missed that memo that Jesus wanted to change me when I made that decision to follow Jesus in fifth grade. I wanted to love God back. And so I pursued God in the only place I knew to find him, which was in the Bible and in church. And so I got really good at the Bible and at church, which in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. But because those were the only places I knew to find Jesus, I got really self-righteous and really proud. And I didn't know that Jesus didn't want to just give me head knowledge about who he is. I missed that he wanted to change me, that he wanted to form me. That came out my freshman year of college when I went on a mission trip. Who has a mission trip as part of their origin story, part of their walk with Jesus, going on a mission trip? Some of you, missions department, check this out. you got some people to go, okay? Um, A mission trip was a significant part of my origin story. I went to Mexico, and it comes out when you're in community with people, um, all the stuff that needs to be changed in you. And one of the things that came out that I am, I'm really embarrassed about is that I was a gossip. I liked to be in the know. I liked people to know that I was in the know, and I wasn't afraid to exaggerate what I knew to hold an audience. And that's really ugly, right? I say that because I'm hoping that you're willing to let it resonate and hit where you see the ugly in you when you're in community with people. The gift of that particular community was that my friend Michelle on the trip was bold enough to call it out in me. And loving enough for me to receive it. And Jesus made good on his promise to change me. Now fundamental to who I am is that I love people's stories. But when Jesus made a new kind of person out of me, what he did was transform that desire to know people's stories into a desire to be with people. A desire to know them, not for my own sake to make me better, but a desire to know God more and to know people more. So God formed me into a new kind, a new kind of friend. So put your hands over your heart like this for me, would you? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Is he making you? Is he changing you? Has that worked? stopped? Has that work started? Is there something that you're let, letting Jesus change in you? Thank you. I, I firmly believe that Jesus made you on purpose, that there's a unique way that he has made you, and that that fundamentally isn't going to change. But the way that you operate in the world will change. There's a, there's a phrase in my generation, you do you. I don't know if you guys know this. And you do you usually means like, I don't care what you're up to, you can go do you. You do you. But what I believe Jesus wants to do is he wants you to do you with him for the sake of the world. Jesus has made you uniquely, and I wanna celebrate that. But Jesus wants you to do you in his shadow, becoming like him for the sake of the world. He's gonna make us into fishers of men, fishers of men. Simon and Andrew were fishermen, so they got this image. When Jesus said, I'm gonna make a new kind of fisherman out of you, they knew what it was like to catch perch and bass. And so they had an image, they understood what it would be like to catch men and women. I'm not sure that we do, but I'm glad that Jesus called fishermen because I love this image. It's an image of casting out a net casting out the love of God, the gospel, who God has made you to be, and sending it out wide into a public space where there are a lot of people. They were casting nets where there were a lot of fish. And when that net went in, it caught some of the fish. And it caught them up out of darkness and brought them into light. When Jesus wants us to be fishers, men, he wants us to cast out the gospel So that people who are drowning in their sin might be caught up. We who are following Jesus, who are becoming like him, are on the mission to to share the message that God wants to take us out of darkness into light. We were lost and we're found. God's caught you. He's got you. You're secure. You're all together. You're in a community. And that's the message of the fishers and men. So I love that Jesus called fishermen so that we would get that image. But it's a metaphor, it's a picture. And I think that had Jesus come across a different group of people, it could have sounded similar. If he'd come across a group of people building a house, he could have said, come, follow me. I'm gonna make a new kind of builder out of you. Instead of building houses, you're gonna build up the kingdom of God. I think he could have come across a group of parents on the playground and said, hey, come, follow me. I'm gonna make a new kind of parent out of you. Instead of raising up toddlers, you're going to grow up the family of God. Do you see what I mean? Jesus wanted to speak to us in language we could understand that he's calling us where we are to be on his mission. I've been really encouraged um, by getting to know Reese Carlson, our pastoral intern that you guys met um, your meeting, and you're going to meet a little bit more Because as I've talked to Reese, I've realized that God called him and interrupted his life and invited him to become a new kind of football player, believe it or not. And so, Reese, will you come up and will you tell a little bit of the story of God calling you?
2: So, like Megan said, I grew up here uh, in Gig Harbor and I'm getting to do an internship and so growing up here at King Harbor High School, my dream was always to play college football. This is what I felt like I was, I was made to do. I had a passion for it. And um, I wanted to figure out, okay, how can I go to play college football? And so my dad took me to a camp my junior year of high school uh, at the University of Montana. And I wasn't recruited by them. They didn't know who I was, but I just happened to show up. And, uh very sensitive, That's yeah. all right. That's good. Okay. <laughs> and I just happened to show up. And the first day of camp, I, I played well. And the next day, we're kind of warming up, and I'm stretching. And the coach comes up to me and says, hey, do you like Montana? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, would you like it more if I told you we had a, a scholarship here for you? And I said, Uh, Yeah, I I think I would, actually. This was like my dream to play college football. So it was a really big deal uh, for me and my family. Um, And so I ended up going to play football at the University of Montana. And there's a picture of me there. Um, And so my first year, uh, I I redshirted, which means like you don't play. You just kind of practice, go to school and learn uh, the plays and everything. And so the next year was my first year of playing. And I happened to be starting the first game of the season which we were playing a team that had this really good quarterback. And did any of you guys watch the Super Bowl last year? The Philadelphia Eagles, their quarterback? So their quarterback was Carson Wentz, who led him to the Super Bowl, ended up getting injured. He was the quarterback that we happened to face that game for my first college football game <laughs> on ESPN, it happened to be.
0: Scroll through, Brandon, those pictures. Yeah.
2: And yeah, there's a picture I get Carver, and so I. This is my first game. We're playing against the eventual Super Bowl quarterback against a team that hadn't lost a game in like three years. So I'm a little nervous going in, and um, we ended up playing really well. We weren't expected to win, but come down to it, there's 30 seconds left. It's fourth down. We have the ball, and it's not looking good. We're, We're down by five, and I end up catching a pass. And we end up um, running the ball into the end zone, and we win um, with like five seconds left on the clock. Woo. Yeah, so we so we beat this this team. And me, I'm like, oh my gosh, right? This is my dream. It's coming true. I I feel like I've 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 made it. And I'm like 19 years old. And didn't, 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 it meant a lot then, and it still does. It was a cool it was a cool time. But little did I know, God wanted to do um, something different in me um, and so I got involved in a really small church uh, in Montana and the pastor asked me he said well would you be interested in being our youth director and I had no ministry experience I I said well are you sure you want me to do that <laughs> like, I I have no experience I'm probably not qualified he said no 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 come come do it it'll be fun and uh we'll teach you along the way so I decided to do that. And uh, during the time at this church, God placed a real passion in my heart for ministry. Um, it totally blindsided me because, like I said, I, I hadn't done ministry before. And God put passion in my heart um, for students and to, and for his church. And it became very apparent to me that this is what God was calling me to do. He had interrupted my life um, at this place, at the University of Montana, to do ministry. So all of a sudden, I'm kind of faced with this decision. Do I continue on this road of my dream of playing big-time college football, or do I instead go and pursue God's call in my life to ministry? And I end up really praying about it, and for me, it was, it was sort of a pride issue. I had really prided myself on playing a high level of college football like I said, it was my dream to do it, and now that I was doing it, I, it was hard to give it up, but mm-hmm. I felt, God, that, that God didn't want me to give up football. He just wanted to, wanted to do something new in me, still using football, and so what I found was that God really used my deepest passion to fulfill his purpose for my life, and so I ended up transferring to a small school in Oklahoma City, and I continued to play football, but what I did, it looked a little different. Um, it's different than playing at a Division I level, and it's, it's not the same level of football, but God has begun to do something new with football. He's given me an opportunity to minister to kids who come to the small Christian school, not for the Christian experience, but just because they received a football scholarship. So they know nothing about Jesus, and it gives me an opportunity to minister to them and to share Jesus with them from someone their age who plays football and can communicate with them in a unique way.
0: So you grew up, Reese, in Gig Harbor. You know how we try to find our sport in elementary school and kind of stick to it, and we hope for that scholarship, right? What would you speak to students here who are finding that sport, finding that passion, and also willing to see where Jesus leads them? What would you speak to them?
2: Yeah, I would say that... um, If you have a passion in your heart um, for a specific sport, go for it. And go for it with all you have. Because don't mistake what um, a passion, it's it's something that God has placed inside of you. Uh, Don't think you have to put that aside to be a Christian. In fact, God put that stuff in your life to pursue callings on your life. So I would say if you have a passion for a sport, um, go for it. Go all out and see what God Uh, wants to do with it.
0: Awesome. Thanks. Uh, This is Reese's last weekend with us. So I just want to pray together for the call that God has on his life and his wife, Allison, and what's next for them. So let's pray for Reese. Jesus, thank you for calling uh, my brother and for his willingness to be interrupted and to step out in faith and to believe that you still had something for him with football, but also that you are calling him to lead the church. Jesus, please burden him with love for the church and for your people, and for the youth that don't know you. And Jesus, would you please send he and Allison to a place to be equipped, that they might turn and equip the saints for the ministry of the church. Lord, this calling to be a football player, to be part of a team, to execute great plays, to win the game, Jesus, would that passion translate for him to ministry as he forms teams and runs plays against an enemy And, Lord, would he win the race and win the prize of the upward call in Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Reese. Aren't you excited about that? I love that we see with Simon and Andrew what we just saw with Reese, which is that God gave them fishing back, right? They immediately laid down their nets, but they were back in boats. That's all the stories we've been reading, right? They ate a ton of fish. God used their passions. He answer, they answered the call, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And Jesus did transform them to his mission. We follow Jesus because Simon and Andrew, ordinary fishermen, took the gospel of the love of God and the assurance of their salvation into the world. And we are recipients of that. So now the Lord has called you. He is calling you to be his disciple. And the question today is, have you decided, are you going to follow, are you going to follow Jesus? So do a little hand exercise with me. Then we're going to s- sing one more song and get that deep in our hearts, okay? So um, you guys know Matthew four nineteen, right? Do the hand motions with me. Follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers, amen. Let me pray. Jesus, would you make us disciples that have decided to follow you, who are being changed by you, who are on your mission? And would you do that not for our own sake, but for the sake of the world? Would you help us to fill in that blank, that new kind of fisherman out of you? Jesus, in ma- help us imagine what that is for each one of us that we might know you now and for all eternity and know so many more at your banquet feast. Bring us in, Lord, and make us fishers of men. In Jesus' name, amen.